0: It's The Real Estate Podcast across every state, city and town of Australia. And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, July has arrived on our Friday morning. Yes, the 1st of July for 2022. And coming up, we're talking, as always, on a Friday to Rich Harvey. And today we're covering property headwinds i and property tailwinds. Well, I see the Australian house prices continue to see widespread falls in June as interest rate hikes spark. They say the sharpest slowdown in more than 30 years. That's according to a report from PropTrack's latest home index, and it shows national home prices fell 0.25% nationally last month. However, this is the big takeaway, nationally Are still up 34% since March of 2020. So it's all about keeping things in perspective. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6 30. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All right, let's have a look at your weather for today around Australia. First, we go to Sydney and good morning to you. Expect the rain to increase today and your high of 15 degrees. Melbourne, the rain is back with one or two showers and 13 Brisbane rain around two for your Friday morning expecting 18 degrees and Perth expecting the sunny blue is back again and 19 degrees is your forecast high. If you're celebrating a birthday today Pamela Anderson she is turning 55 years young and Johnny Farnham He's turning 73, having a look at a couple of deaths on this day. It was on this day that Diana, Princess of Wales, died. She died at the age of just 36. We kind of forget just how young she was. And on this day in 2004, Marlon Brando died at the age of 80. It was also on this day the birth of the Walkman makes its appearance in stores for the very first time. This, of course, for the millennials, is the portable audio cassette player, which was made by Sony and went on sale in Japan on this day in 1979. We are just as addicted to property as you are. It's the Real Estate Podcast. Across Australia, seven days a week. Let's Talk Property, a podcast series with Rich Harvey. Well, consumer sentiment has really taken a nosedive in the last four months with the average consumer in Australia not feeling very confident about their economic future. I wonder why with rapidly rising inflation, interest rate hikes and share market instability all really taking a toll in the mind of a consumer. But is it all bad news? And what opportunities are out there right now in the property market? Well, let's carefully examine both the economic headwinds and the tailwinds. And I've got Rich Harvey, CEO and founder of the thepropertybuyer.com.au with us. Must be a Friday morning. Good morning to you, Rich. Welcome back. Good morning, Craig. How are you doing today? Not too bad. I, I was just saying the headwinds might be Melbourne and the tailwinds might be Brisbane with that weather because, <laughs> boy, there's two sides of the weather going on in Australia. It's a nice little juxtaposition. Well, certainly. I
1: mean, it's pretty cold. There's plenty of snow down in the snowy mountains at the moment and uh, in the Victorian Alps, whereas uh, it's still pretty crisp and chilly in Sydney, but Brisbane is still pretty mild. You know, I think they have pulled out a jumper or two there, I believe. But, uh, yeah, the weather is very much cooling down in most areas of Australia.
0: All right. Well, let's have a look at the headwinds and the tailwinds this morning. What is happening with consumer sentiment and what does it really measure, do you think, in your mind? consumer sentiment, Craig, simply measures
1: what people feel about the economy and the economic outlook, both here in Australia and abroad. But the problem is we've all been living on this diet of like negative media news. And it basically leads most people to have a really negative outlook and really depressed outlook. In fact, I reckon we're all suffering a bit of what I call doom fatigue. But consumer sentiment really plays a major role in determining the direction of real estate markets. But there's little doubt that it impacts the market. But The Westpac Melbourne Institute, they are the ones that undertake a survey every month of what consumers are thinking and feeling. And they've reported quite a significant drop. So in June, um, it was measured at 84.6, whereas in May, it was 90.4. So 100 is the baseline. And when it's below 100, there's negative sentiment. When it's above 100, there's positive sentiment. And Westpac have been doing this for 46 years. They've been running this sentiment. And if you look at the really times when there was major economic depressions or dislocations during covid it got down to 75 during the gfc it got down to 79 and in the 1990s in the major recession in australia it got down to 64 so you know currently we're sitting at 84 so it's not like we're in the absolute dire straits at the moment i think everyone's just got to remember that these consumer sentiments are surveys and these feelings aren't facts Um, But the problem is that there's a herd mentality, which really does have uh, a big impact on the direction of the market.
0: And I, I guess if you expand on that, what are some of the key economic headwinds slowing property prices right now? Yeah, I sat down
1: the other day, uh, Craig, and I just thought, look, I'm just sick of all this negative sentiment. There's just so much negativity and I put my thinking cap on and I came up with at least seven factors that are dragging the economy and the property market down. Firstly, obviously, is rising interest rates. As interest rates rise, we're trying to contain inflation, the cost of borrowing goes up. So that has a negative and dampening effect on property prices. As I mentioned, consumer sentiment has a a negative impression and and that also um, tends to mean there's less buyers about and less demand for property. I think the third thing is that we've got rising inflation, rising cost of living pressures. So people are watching their wallets and their bottom line a lot more than they used to. So we're seeing that people are holding back from, from going too hard on the property market. And we're also seeing that lenders, the banks, are really also reassessing people's loans. Most people will get a loan and uh, sorry, a pre approval, and it will last for ninety days, but when they're going back they're discovering that they've actually got less borrowing capacity than they previously had. The fifth thing is the global share market. you know we've seen a lot of shares really take a tumble, and that's that's really um, created a bit of economic uncertainty for people. I think sixth thing is affordability property prices are still high relative to people's income, so that really puts a break on how far property prices can go up and we've really seen lastly um this post-COVID boom correction, you know, in terms of vendor expectations, uh, we're just having to readjust uh, our expectations on where the market's going.
0: Hi Rich, it's
1: Amy. What factors are underpinning property prices in your opinion? Great question, Amy. Look, on the flip side, I've actually come up with 15 factors that are helping to underpin or support property prices. And I've mentioned these on, on some previous podcasts. But firstly, is international migration. It's really uh, needs to ramp up and is ramping up. We should be getting over 160,000 migrants back into the country, which will then improve demand for property prices. Secondly, we've got declining building approvals. That means lower supply, which is going to mean greater competition amongst the uh, scarce number of properties available. Thirdly, listing volumes are 28% below their five-year average. So that's a significant shortfall in properties out there. There's just not enough stock available to buy, generally speaking. Fourthly, we're seeing the economy growing. You know, we're on track actually for GDP or gross domestic product growth for around 4.25% 4. 4. Uh, this calendar year and around 3% next calendar year. So the economy isn't crashing. It's actually resilient and growing again. The fifth factor underpinning prices is low vacancy rates, around 1%. We've got a serious rental crisis. Number six, we've got massive rental increases as a result. Number seven, low unemployment. Number eight, strong household balance sheets. Number nine, borrowers are ahead on their mortgages. So during COVID, a lot of people actually paid more to pay down their loans than they actually needed to pay. So we're actually got a bit of a buffer in our accounts. Number ten, uh, APRA uh, are still requiring the banks to provide a serviceability buffer of three percent above the cash rate, uh, above the sorry mortgage rates. So when they're assessing your loan, they're actually building in an increased cost there. Number 11, wages are growing. Uh, We had a recent decision, you know, the Fair Work Commission increased um, wages for lower paid workers, but we're also seeing across the board wage pressures growing. 12, construction costs are rising. So that means that the replacement value of your home is also rising, which helps to underpin property prices. Number 13, the federal government's introduced a help to buy shared equity scheme. And also in New South Wales, number 14, there's a proposed first home buyer stamp duty reform and a shared equity scheme that they're proposing to put on the table. And finally, the last thing is we've got a rising um, inflationary environment. People see property as a safe haven and a hedge against inflation. So, look, they're just 15 things. And I'm sure any of your listeners can add more factors to either the headwind or the tailwind, at either side of the ledger. We've all got a natural bias, how we thinks turn out but there's some pretty pretty important factors in all of those.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty interesting list. And domination, let's just talk about that because when you talk about property, it does dominate. So do you think that there is one overriding factor that will dominate the direction of the property market?
1: Yeah, look, a lot of people think, Craig, that there's just one factor, you know, and they typically look to interest rates to be the one factor. But it's not. Interest rates are just one factor among many. The fact is, interest rates are still really low. Cash rates 0.85%. Mortgage rates you can probably pick up a loan around 2.75, 2.9%. That's super low. And yes, interest, the cash rates are right, so the interest rates are rising, but that's just going to result in an average mortgage rate being around 4.5%. But the thing is, the Reserve Bank cannot raise rates nearly as fast as they reduce them simply because we have much greater leverage throughout the economy. The interest rate lever is a lot more sensitive for the average consumer. So that's one factor. As I mentioned, the economy is growing. We've got a strong labour market. These other factors all are combined with each other. One interesting thing, we talked about consumer sentiment before, and the Westpac Melbourne Institute also produce what's called a time-to-buy dwelling index. And that sort of is an indication of when people expect uh, it's a good time to buy or not such a good time to buy. But the chief economist uh, of Westpac, Bill Evans, recently pointed out that the index is still well above 100. It's actually, it's dropped down from 121 points down to 111 points, but it's still over 100, which indicates that more consumers expect prices to rise rather than to fall. So there's a more negative index in New South Wales and Victoria, but a much higher index in Queensland. So what all of that tends to indicate is that markets tend to overshoot or undershoot expectations. But the trick for the savvy home buyer here is to really just take a long-term view. And I think the other key point, Craig, just to point out about what's going to dominate is that data that CoreLogic put out is typically two to three months out of date. You know, market conditions change a lot faster on the ground than what is reported in the media. So, for example, CoreLogic the other day came out saying in their daily index that in the last quarter, property prices declined 2.7%, but to be honest, Craig, what we're seeing on the ground, prices have already dropped 10%, even 15% in some of the suburbs, like particularly on the northern beaches. So I think the message here is that there's not one factor, there's not one property market, there's not one particular property type. There's a whole confluence of factors that's either pushing the market forward or pushing the market backwards.
0: Wow. Did you say ten to fifteen percent drop? Correct. That's
1: right. Wow. Yeah. But that's off the but that's off the back, Craig, of a thirty-eight percent increase over the COVID period. Sure. So even if it's come back you know 15% you're still up 23%.
0: That's right. That's right. And we are talking headwinds and tailwinds. So just before I let you go, how should the average consumer or potential property buyer approach the market right now? Oh, look, Craig, a lot of people
1: are saying, "Rich, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and just wait and see what happens." The problem with that approach is that again, you're going to miss the market, you'll miss the opportunity. It's not to say you have to buy now. But the conditions for buying have absolutely swung back in the buyer's favour. There's so much less competition out there. Auction clearance rates have declined. You know We're in the 50% now. Vendors are far more negotiable. Uh, there are some vendors that are holding back. But what I'm saying is you need to be careful with your property selection and what you offer. But there is some great opportunities there. What I think is going to happen, Craig, is that once prices stabilize and they find a new, what I call, plateau or, or sort of a trough where they're, they're not going to decline anymore, that's not going to get picked up in the media till three to five months down the track. So, as I said, markets overshoot or undershoot. So, the expectations are not always accurately reported in the media as to what's happening on the ground. So, I'm saying the next six months um, are going to give some of the best buying opportunities that we've seen since. Uh, the beginning when COVID hit, when that three-month period when COVID hit March 2020, that was a brilliant time to buy. Similarly, back in the GFC in 2008, when the market thought it was going to crap itself, I bought three properties that year because there was just so much negativity and and it was great to, to buy. That sort of same negative sentiment is very pervasive right now. So to answer your question, how do you approach the market? The best way to approach the market is with an open mind. Um, a discerning mind, and the ability to do really thorough property research. So the market's constantly moving, constantly adjusting, and it's going to reach a plateau a lot sooner than most people think. But the trick is to get ahead of the herd and not adopt that typical herd mentality.
0: All right, plenty of uh, headwinds and tailwinds information and very valuable stuff coming through there from Rich Harvey. Rich, I'll let you go. I know that you've got another busy Friday as you wind down towards another weekend. Thanks, Craig. Yep, getting ready for some inspections
1: on the weekend and uh, hopefully looking forward to dodging some rain on the weekend too.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.